Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. Today, we're going to be talking all about setting up the automation of your reverse budget. This is the last episode of the series. So we're finishing this thing up. And once it's done, you're going to be able to listen to one through five and basically be able to come back and If you want, if you've just been listening in the car, you'll be able to come back and listen to the whole thing and set it up in one shot, which would be, I think, the best way to go about this thing rather than me just slowly trying to do it one week after the other because ADHD brains, you know, that's not really ideal. So I've set up a very unideal workshop for you guys, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to set the budget up, make it really effective so that it can run on essentially autopilot. And then all you're going to have to do is focus on being very intentional with your spending and keeping your spending account above zero. And we're going to get into what that means. So we're going to talk high level about the philosophy of the automation and some best practice tips. And then we'll get a little bit into more of the technical details of actually setting it up using our budget sheet as our guide. So at this point now, we've nearly completed the spreadsheet, which once again is in the show notes. If you haven't, if you're just joining us for the first time on the budget series, I recommend you going back and listening to the beginning, but the worksheet is in the show notes and you're going to want to go to file, make a copy to have your own editable copy. So now you have each section pretty much filled out except for the top right of the spreadsheet, which is where we are going to focus our attention for today. This is all about setting up the rules of the road. So at a high level, the way this is going to work is we're going to have at least three separate buckets for our money to flow through. Now, if after analyzing your expenses, you fall into the camp of being someone who just wants their first goal to simply be to not overspend in a given month, just make sure you stay within your means, then you may only have two buckets, and we'll get into what that means. The first bucket is what I have simply called, for the sake of needing a name, is the bills and expenses bucket. This is the bucket that applies to all of your fixed needs and fixed wants. And on the spreadsheet, you can see this amount in cell M7 in the top right of the spreadsheet. This is this cell will automatically add up the totals of your fixed wants, fixed needs, and your debt payments and minimum payments for credit cards. The idea for this bucket is that, so each bucket will ultimately, you're going to want it to be a separate account. The idea for this bucket is that you're going to only need the same amount every single month to be able to always fund your fixed obligations and commitments because these fixed expenses aren't fluctuating at all and if they are very minimally, if it's like utilities. So again, this would be why we, for utilities, would want to put a high estimate for what our monthly utility cost is so that if we're going to be having money coming in here automatically every month, we're going to know and never have to worry about missing a bill. It's all automated and we're always going to know that there's enough money in the account. The second bucket I want to talk about is the goals bucket. This bucket is where we want to direct the money that we plan to allocate towards the first goal that we chose, and we discussed how to choose your first goal last week. For those that are hell-bent on having more than one goal, the spreadsheet does have two places. If you want to use separate accounts for two separate goals, that would be the, the table in the top right of the spreadsheet. So if you wanted to have two separate goals, you could have two separate accounts. Um, a lot of people will just have one account for all of their goals. Um, because at this point, it's getting a little bit too nitpicky or a little bit too in the weeds and a little too complicated. But regardless, let's not get into that because that's getting too complicated. I do recommend starting out with one goal. So that's what you should do. And this will literally just be a bank account that can only ever have money in it. And the money that's ever going to be in it is for a goal. So when you log into this bank account and you see 
money, maybe you'll nickname the account, you know, goal account or whatever. You see money, that means you got to put that money where it needs to go for the goal. So it's very clean and easy to follow. So if the goal is paying off credit card debt, then every time money comes into this account, you use it to pay off whichever credit card you are currently paying off in whichever method you have chosen, like Snowball or Avalanche method. If your first goal is setting up your emergency fund, then you would either use this account as your emergency fund or send the money to a savings account that is your emergency fund. So it's just to the goal. Bottom line, to the goal. The last bucket is the spending account. So on the spreadsheet, this is cell M6. This cell auto adds up your variable wants and variable needs. This is basically the most important bucket and really the only bucket that you are ultimately going to be obsessing over. The spreadsheet, as we have discussed, gives every dollar a home. So you have just the amount you need for the recurring expenses like we just discussed, just the amount that you want that you've intentionally decided for the goals, and you probably even have an idea of if it's like a debt payoff, how long it's going to take you exactly to pay off the debt to keep you motivated to know that there is an end point in time that's going to be a very fun and successful and like, yay, hurrah, I accomplished this amazing goal. And then what is left over is the amount of money you have to spend over the given pay period when the money comes in to fund this account. This is the money that you control, that you and your ADHD brain have to go out into the world and spend intentionally and keep it above zero. You make it a game, you do whatever you need to do. You may even want to call this your what I can control bucket, you know, come up with a creative name that makes sense for you. And this is really the power of this budgeting strategy is is that if you execute it in the way that I am going to explain with best steps, best practices, you will always know precisely whether you are successfully budgeting or not. Because if this account goes below zero dollars or it hits zero before your next paycheck, which is going to fund the refund the account and you are forced to you know, use a credit card to fill in the gap between now and the next pay, then you know, without a shadow of a doubt, very clear, because you have one account that you're tracking, you have one checking account that you're spending money, that if you go in, that is the only thing you ever have to look at, because if that is zero, you're, you're off track. If it's above zero and you are able to make that spread out to the next paycheck, you are unequivocally on track, tracking towards goals, meeting all of your bills because they're automatically being paid out of the expenses account and you're doing the right job and you should feel great about your money. So let's talk about the absolute best practices as far as I know from my experience for ADHD brains with boundaries for setting this thing up. I will give the best practices, but I will give alternatives as well for when it's not practical to do the absolute best practice. For anyone out there who's at this point in the episode this is really going to be best practices for somebody who's a, you know, a W-2 employee who has the same paycheck every single paycheck, right? So like if you have really, really variable income, if you're a business owner, if you're a salesperson and you get a extra, you know, like quarterly commission check or whatever it may be, then you will have to be more creative in how you set this up. You can still do it. There might be more manual, you know, you might have to be a little bit more manual with it, but the philosophy should stay the same. But just for the sake of, explaining this in the most simple way possible. This is really going to be best for people that have the same paycheck every paycheck, okay? Setting up the reverse budget. First thing you'll need to do is determine if you have enough accounts to create it, and if you do not, open up the accounts you do need. Here are my recommendations from experience on the accounts to use. For the bills and expenses account, 
I usually find it easiest to simply use the checking account you already have that has many of your expenses linked to it. This way you have less work to do, so use that account and then you have to move all of your recurring expenses, even the ones that are like Spotify and that stuff that you have on a credit card, they gotta come to this checking account. This is the way it works. It might be difficult and painful to do this, especially because you have been relying on credit cards to make sure that you don't, you know, overdraft your account or whatever. So you have to make sure you do this though. It's very important to make this work and to get the relief and the satisfaction and the the thing really humming in a way that is easy to, to follow. So with that said, make sure that you are going to have enough funds initially to cover your expenses. If there is a timing issue, it can make sense to do this in stages or to just keep expenses on the credit card, but also set up the automation to keep to, uh, to fund the account, but keep expenses on credit card just for a long enough until the account has enough funds in there that you can say, okay, we're starting the budget now and you know there's enough funds in there to get rolling. And I think I might touch on that a little bit more in a little bit. So for the spending account, my recommendation is to open up an online only bank account at a bank like Capital One. That's my, my favorite bank for this. For the spending account, you're going to need a debit card. So you likely will need to open an account at a separate bank as many banks won't let you have more than one. Well, I know Capital One doesn't let you have more than one debit card for multiple checking accounts. That's why I'm saying you should open up at a separate online-only bank. And remember, since the spending account, you're only using the spending account for manual spending, meaning like you're buying something online, you're going to the grocery store, you're never going to want to write checks from this account. You're never going to need to go to the actual bank for this account. So a low-fee, friendly, easy-to-use, online-only bank like Capital One is a good way to go. I do recommend this. And I say Capital One because at the time of this recording, if it's been 10 years from now and Capital One has the worst reputation ever, then please disregard this. But it has been the best, easiest, most customer-friendly online bank I've ever used. There's no account fees and they have extremely competitive rates. So if you, um, your first goal is an emergency fund, then I recommend using, at the time of this recording, please, their 360 savings account just because, so as a quick aside, most banks give you the really competitive interest rate on savings accounts if you have a minimum. So you need to have like, you know, 15, 20, $25,000 in the savings account to get like the 3% interest rate, you know, the, the really prime rate. While Capital One savings account, the interest rate is a little bit lower than the really prime rates at other banks. It's a really good interest rate and there's no minimum. So if you have $5,000 in there, you still get right now, I think it's 2.25%. So it's really solid for, you know, check what your what your other savings accounts are giving you right now and, and compare it to Capital One because I'd be interested to see that. So anyways, back to what we're talking about. So for the goal account, you know, open up another checking account. If you followed my recommendation, you used your, your normal bank for your bills and expenses account, and then you did use Capital One for your spending account, then I do recommend opening up another Capital One account for the goal account because you don't need a debit card for this goal account. If it's for paying off debt, the money's going to come into the goal account and then you're going to send it to the credit card debt. And if it's, like I said, the like an emergency fund or a savings account, then open up the savings account in Capital One so you have things in one place there. You could also, of course, open up another account at your 
normal bank if you like that bank. So it's really up to you, but that's just you know my opinion. One thing I do love about Capital One is that, and I'm sure other banks can let you do this, but it's very easy to nickname the accounts, whatever you want that best describes the account's purpose. So I think for us ADHDers, I think it's good to have like a funny name or something that really hits home for you. Um, I had one client call their goal account the FU Debt Fund, and it wasn't F, it was the actual curse word, which I'm not going to say. So every time she logs into Capital One, she sees that account name. I think that's brilliant because it really just reminds her like, wow, I am doing this to get rid of this stupid effing debt. Great. So that's just my recommendations. You can, of course, like I said, use any accounts from whatever bank you want. But what you need is three. And the spending account needs a debit card. That's the bottom line. Once you have all three accounts ready to go, you can put this information into the spreadsheet in the top right-hand corner to get you organized. So in the table, you'll see the account column. So you put the accounts that you're going to use for each bucket right here. So the next step is to set up the automation. Now, for me, this is very important. So listen up. The gold standard here is to use your direct deposit to split up the funds. So if you are paid through direct deposit, you will have the ability. I've never had someone not have the ability to from their, you know, HR, from their where they set up the direct deposit to have the ability to divvy up your pay between separate accounts. I had one client who was limited to only being able to use like three, but that's enough. So in the example on the public version of the spreadsheet, the one that if you click on the in the show notes, the spreadsheet, the one that shows up, you can see that this person is sending $2,825 to his Capital One bills and expenses account, $2,350 to his Wells Fargo spending account, and $1,325 to his Capital One debt payoff account. Monthly, that is the amount he is sending through direct deposit automatically to each of these accounts. So if he's paid semi-monthly, so two times a month, he will just divide the bills and expenses account by two and set up the direct deposit to send that amount. So in this case, it'd be $1,412.50 to his bills and expenses account each pay period. And he will do the same thing for the debt account, the debt payoff account. And then in most direct deposit systems that I've seen, you would have the option to choose remainder, and that would send the remainder of the pay to your spending account. And once you set this up, it just rolls because every time you get paid, it's going where it needs to go. Now, if you are not paid using direct deposit, and for whatever reason, you still use a check, then I highly recommend you get direct deposit. It's going to help you in a lot of ways, and I think you know, it just will help you, so please do that. And if you just don't want to do that, you're just not going to do it, then yes, you will have to manually transfer the money from your primary account when it hits your account to where it belongs. And you could also set up auto transfers if your pay is like semi-monthly when you know you get paid on the 15th of every month, you can set it up for like the 17th or the 16th for the money to automatically in your bank to go where it needs to go, where you set up like an auto transfer where you know when you transfer money from your bank account, usually it says, is this one time or recurring? You can make it a recurring transfer I do not recommend this. I recommend direct deposit once again. But if you just cannot do that for whatever reason, try and use auto transfers from your account. A word of caution, if you are paid bi-weekly, then as you know, your pay periods are not consistent each month. You are best using direct deposit in this case. So if you're paid bi-weekly, please use direct deposit. It's going to save you so much trouble. And if you refuse to use direct deposit, then again, 
you're going to want to manually move the funds, especially if you're biweekly. Recurring transfers may not work very well because ultimately they'll break because the way that the, your payments are. With 26 payments a year, every single month, it's a different sort of date. And if you're paid biweekly, you surely know this and it probably drives you crazy. It drives me crazy when I have to work with clients who are paid biweekly and they don't have direct deposit. Okay, so that's how you set it up. I hope that wasn't too difficult to follow. So now in practice, every time you get paid, you wake up with fresh money funding your bills and expenses account, fresh money funding your goal account, and fresh money in your spending account. You let the bills and expenses account just chill out because it will theoretically always have enough money in it. And if you add new expenses or your expenses go up in any sort of category, like your rent goes up, then what you do is you go into the spreadsheet, you adjust the expenses, and then you just adjust the direct deposits. And it should all stay very organized for you on the spreadsheet. One thing to keep in mind is the timing of when your fixed expenses will be coming out of your account. So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but if you are starting this from a position of having basically no money and all of your expenses, for example, come out in the first half of the month, you need both paychecks from the month to be able to fund the first half of the month's expenses. So if this is you, I would set up the direct deposit, but leave your expenses that come out of your credit cards coming out from the credit cards for a month or so until you've built up enough in the bills and expenses account so that it won't be an issue when you then move all the expenses to the bills and expenses account, the checking account. That way, there will be no issue of running out of money in that account because you prematurely set it up. Okay, and then the goal account, boom, money is in there. Go pay off the debt, invest it, keep it in savings from your emergency fund or car fund or house fund or whatever the goal is that you came up with. And then the spending account, the good old spending account. This is the fun part. You now have really one actual job throughout this entire process. Use the debit card that's attached to your spending account for all of your variable expenses. Put the credit cards away. Your job is to keep this thing above zero until your next pay when it gets re-upped. That is your only real job now. And if you can do that, then you are winning this game. You are on fire and you are making financial progress and you are on your way to being a budgeting and cash flow king or queen or whatever you want to be. So I know some of you out there are saying to yourself, I need to use a credit card right now because I want to buy a house. I have no credit. I need to build credit. If this is you or you just feel it in your bones that it's going to take you a while to be able to stop using credit cards because you just know yourself so well. And I get it. I, I really do understand this. This is this is okay if this is you. So if this is you because you, you need to build credit, which is totally respectable, if you're starting from a position where you need to build credit, then I'm okay with this. But the, the solution is less ideal just for my brain who wants to keep this all very clean and, and, and effective. But there is an, a solution, and that is to still use your credit card for spending. Now, if you have a credit card with a zero balance somewhere, then this will be a cleaner experience for you. But what you're going to want to do is spend in such a way that, so if you have a zero balance credit card, what you can basically do is pretend like it's you're spending cash. And then at the end of the pay cycle, when you're about to have your spending account re-upped, your balance should be less than the amount of money in your spending account so that every time your next pay comes, you have enough in your spending account to use the spending account to pay that credit card to zero. So if you're over, the balance is over what's in the spending account, then you know you're off track. You've just accumulated debt because you've overspent. If you don't have any zero balance credit cards, you'll just want to take a credit card that has a balance, but pretend that's zero and then 
So let's say the credit card has $2,000 of a balance on it and you're putting $2,000 every paycheck into your spending account, then if you're over $4,000 before the next paycheck, then you know you're off track. So, whew, all right, there you guys have it. That is the budgeting series. I really implore you guys to give this a shot. It can really give you financial control that you have never felt before and it seriously is ADHD friendly. I mean, personal finance things, from my experience of doing, of working exclusively with ADHD folks for the last uh, nine months or so, nothing with personal finance is particularly easy for us, okay? So this is as ADHD friendly as it gets for budgeting, in my opinion, because it turns like basically like a YNAB in a sense into the real thing. Like it makes YNAB real. Money's going where it needs to go. It's tangible. You feel it. I know I just said YNAB. That's the app. You need a budget. So basically, this system will give you clear boundaries, keep everything neatly organized. It requires minimal upkeep. You use a spreadsheet to update expenses when they come. You have one job, keep it above zero, and you're good. And yeah, that's it. So that does it for the series. I hope you enjoyed it, and stay tuned as I return to more regularly scheduled programming next week. I love you guys. Take care. Keep going. Keep giving this a shot. You got this. All right, see you guys next week.